Hey ladies, I am Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, Bible study author and teacher. Now last week I invited you to join me on my journey of delving into the biblical tensions, the tensions that we see in scripture. And when I talk about biblical tensions, I mean those precepts and teachings that appear to the finite human mind as almost contradictory. Oftentimes when we're faced with these issues that could be seen as conflicting, we take a side. And when we take a side, it usually means that we are disregarding or overlooking the other side. Now, I'm reading a book right now titled In Between Two Truths by Klein Snodgrass. In it, he talked about how we often seek to avoid the tensions that we see in Scripture. He says that we accept partial truths stereotypes, and generalizations, even if they do not fit the facts. We read, this is still quoting him, we read our favorite passages and conveniently ignore others that call our lifestyles and theology into question, which he says is our attempt to make life and faith simple while trying to handle the complexities around us. And all I can say to that is, ouch, that stings. That stings a little, maybe it stings a lot. But if we're honest with ourselves, every single one of us does this to some degree. We all have biases and presuppositions that we bring into our Bible study. Our biases may be based on our background, our religious, or even lack of religious influence. Our parents' beliefs, maybe our friends' beliefs, personal positive and negative experiences, family, teachers, community, media, books, co-workers, you name it. Just every outer influence affects how we view the world around us and how it's seen and understood. So oftentimes those biases and presuppositions can be so deeply ingrained in us to see through any other lens can be at the very least disruptive. In today's biblical tension topic, we'll look at Jesus' commendation and condemnation of the churches, two churches in Ephesus and one in Pergamos, and these are out of Revelation, Revelation 2, 1 through 7, and Revelation 2, 12 through 17 is the church at Pergamos. So in it, what we're going to be looking at is the attention between standing for truth versus that call to love. Now, I recently finished teaching my Not Home Yet, A Glimpse of Revelation's Treasures Bible study, and immediately I dove into studying and teaching about the biblical tensions. And the desire to study biblical tensions has really simmered in me for a long time, but I also felt the weight of that task. I avoided the study because my comfort in my biblical understanding felt good. However, comfort and the Christian walk just don't rest well together for long. Praise God that we have the ever-present Holy Spirit living in us to nudge us until we step out and experience the new places that he wants to take us. So let's take that first step together and explore those two messages to the church at Ephesus and the church at Pergamos. Jesus spoke that's two out of seven churches that are in Revelation 2-3. And all seven of the churches received some form of commendation from Jesus. And by 
12 of them actually received some form of condemnation from Jesus. The messages that he spoke to the church at Ephesus and Pergamos really hold a familiar tension that I feel in my own Christian walk. Let's look at contrasting those commendations and, and condemnations. The Ephesians were commended for their stand for truth and condemned for their void of love. The church at Pergamos, on the other hand, was commended for their faith and for holding fast to Jesus' name. Yet, Jesus condemned them for allowing false doctrine, idolatrous practices, and sexual immorality. So let's bring these two churches into our current day and time. And just take a moment to think with me about the possible characteristics and traits of the Ephesian church or that church at Pergamos if we brought them forward into our culture today. So just as a side note, I'm not talking about naming names of churches or pastors. I think that we really have to be careful about not pointing fingers at those who are different than us, but instead let us identify the good and bad traits for the purpose of looking within ourselves and identifying where and what we need to bring about transformation in us. Our goal is to discover what we need to understand and evaluate our own beliefs and how we live out our faith. Now, the Ephesian church was probably works-based and adhered to biblical teaching. And from reading Jesus' message, I thought that they might be legalistic, pharisaical, and even staying within their own community. They absolutely had no tolerance for false teaching. Sounds like a great biblically based church, right? But Jesus, who sees all things and knows all things and makes perfect judgments of all things, identifies their problem. They stand for truth without love. Now, last week in my Bible study devotion, I talked about what the Bible teaches about love. So if you didn't listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Or even you could go to my website, onfire-ministries.org, and read the blog post from that. But it's about what the Bible teaches about love because it's very much important to what the Ephesian church, what their problem was. So the church at Pergamos had strong faith in Jesus and an unwavering regard for his name. Now, I love that Jesus stated with his commendation, his understanding of their circumstances, that they were surrounded by Christian persecution and satanic influence. However, we must also note that their circumstances did not give them a pass to tolerate false teaching, idolatry, and sexual immorality. So let's talk about the dangers of tolerance just for a moment and thinking about that term tolerance because that just kept coming to mind when I was looking at these two different churches as I walked through that. The term tolerance means the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with. Now, the Ephesians did a great job of standing for truth, completely intolerant of lies, but they ignored God's call to love. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, the church at Pergamos tolerated lies and lifestyles opposed to the truth of God's word. And I even wondered if their tolerance wasn't under the guise of love. However, 
tolerating sin and not addressing sin in the context of the church doesn't please God or turn out to be very loving in the end. The final chapter of the Bible gives us understanding of how unloving, tolerating sins of false teaching, idolatry, and sexual immorality ultimately is. Revelation 22, 14 through 15 said, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Now, in his perfect love and truth, Jesus called the church at Pergamos to repent of allowing false teaching, idolatry, and sexual immorality to continue in the church. These unchecked issues caused his people to stumble. And when we look at this, we need to remember that these words were spoken to the church, not to those outside the church. How many times have we seen sin left unchecked in a church or in a church leader and it nearly destroy that church and even cause people in that church to walk away completely? However, at the same time, a legalistic church or legalistic people can be the most unloving, ugly, and rude people any of us ever would want to meet. They can come across as know-it-all and someone who's always right and have the potential to be obnoxious and intrusive. Now, doesn't that sound like the person that you want to listen to? Absolutely not. No one does. A Google search of any well-known pastor exposes the ugliness in the heart of legalistic people who claim Jesus as their Savior. I also have seen the legalist shut down a conversation about Jesus in a split second. So really, we don't want to fall into either category of the legalist or the one with unchecked sin. Either way is not God's way. God is truth and God is love. And Jesus embodied truth and love. Truth and love are inseparable and are found in the person of Jesus Christ. As believers in Jesus, Ephesians 4.15 says that we are to speak the truth in love. 1 John 3, 18 through 19 says not only our words, but we also love with our deeds and in truth. 1 John 3, 18 through 19 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So by this we know we're of the truth. So by what? Well, by loving, not just in word, but also in deed and in truth. Expressing love through our actions and through truth is how we assure our hearts before God. Love expressed in our actions and in truth come out of a true, genuine relationship with the truth, Jesus Christ. We can never really love or stand for truth apart from a relationship with Jesus. And that genuine love, our genuine love for our brothers and sisters in Christ tells the world who we belong to. So let's talk just a little bit about walking in truth and love. Now remember, walking in truth and love is going to tell the world who we belong to. John 13, 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So I see the perfection of our faith somewhere in the midst of these two churches. But I struggle. And the struggle most often happens for me in my closest day-to-day relationship 
relationships, when where we want to represent Jesus to those that we love and want them to even come into that real relationship with Jesus. We feel the tension within ourselves as we wrestle with how to show those walking outside of God's will and his ways to show God's love and still to at the same time stand for truth. We don't know what to say. Um, We don't know when to say it or how to act, when to zip the lip and just let God do what God does, but Jesus does. You know, standing for truth and this call to love isn't easy and we probably won't get it right every time, but that doesn't give us a pass. In our relationship with Jesus, we daily come to him seeking his will, his guidance, and his transformation in our own lives. And listen, what we can know about Jesus is he is faithful and true. That is his name. It's his name. We see it in Revelation. His name is faithful and true. If we seek him, he will be faithful to give us what we need in those situations But if we go at it alone, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, we will fail. Trust God. Seek God. Know that the one who calls us to live in truth and love also gives us what we need to fulfill our calling in our lives. So before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even Pinterest. I may also on Pinterest to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. And also check out my website to read my weekly blog and find those perfect Bible study resources that you need for you personally or for a group that you may be participating in. And also, please share this Bible study devotion with others that someone else may be encouraged. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.